Hey everyone, welcome to On The Line. My name is Addison and I'm a 15-year-old aspiring sports broadcaster. On The Line is a sports podcast that highlights the stories of high school and college athletes so you can get a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to be the best. Welcome back to On the Line. My name is Addison, and today I'm here with golfer Max Herendine. Max is a two-time state champion. He has been top 10 at World Juniors. He has also qualified for the U.S. Amateur 4-Ball and has had multiple top finishes across the country. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, So did you have a golf tournament this weekend? Yeah, I'm actually... uh... Uh, yeah, it actually got canceled, um, earlier today because of the crazy weather that we had, but yeah, I ended up playing yesterday. Um, but yeah, just kind of just got home and, um, kind of settling down, getting ready for school tomorrow. Oh gosh. I bet that happens pretty frequently since we live in Washington state and it can get pretty rainy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know the rain was crazy today. Yesterday it was a beautiful day, but we got stuck on the roads and it was like downpouring. It was kind of a mess. <laughs> yeah, it was a mess today too. Coming back uh, mm-hmm. up north, uh, the traffic was not ideal. <laughs> I bet. Um, so when did you start playing golf? Uh, I get asked that question a lot. Um, the first time I kind of picked up a golf club was around three years old. But the first time I kind of figured out that I could really do it was about six or seven. Um, oh, yeah. I kind of learned the game from my dad. Um, he played in college and he's played his entire life. So, uh, it was kind of, uh, kind of given to me, passed on from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool. I had my first plastic set, I guess, though, to answer your question when I was about three years old, um, kind of moved up through the ranks since then. So basically you're playing golf since you could walk. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> it's and been then, a part of my life. So yeah. pretty much since I can, since I can walk. Yeah. And then do you happen to have a sister or related to Mia Herendine? I do, yep. Mia's my younger sister. Okay, and then I think I saw that she was part of the drive, chip, and putt at, a, at the Masters. Yes, she was. That was, that, that, that was about four or five years ago now. Oh, wow. That was, that was a cool spot. The whole family got to go uh, to the Masters um, at Augusta National, and she okay. got to hit do her drive chip putt ceremonies the week before the masters. And it was a really cool experience for her. And she got to be on national television on the golf channel. So it was a really cool experience for our whole family, but Mm -hmm. especially for me. Yeah, that's so awesome. And also you could go and see the course. So that's awesome as well. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But are you really competitive with her or like, do you guys play together at all? Or are you guys kind of like separate when it comes to golf? Um, yeah, we try to play with each other as much as possible. Um, we, we do different things on the golf course. She's more of a, when I'm out there, I try to take it pretty seriously and kind of get better, grind a little bit more. She, uh-huh. she loves to play with her friends and kind of have a good time. Um, yeah. But when we do get together, we like to keep it competitive. It's always more fun that way. Mm-hmm. It was funny because the last golfer interviewed, I don't know if you know her or have heard of her, but her name is Brooklyn Ringenbaugh. And she was saying that when she plays with her friends, you know, there's, it's a lot more fun. But then when she's playing with her boyfriend and all the boys, they're a lot more serious. 
Of course. Yeah. It's, it usually turns out that way. We always like to keep it a little bit more competitive, especially uh-huh. with me and my friends. Yeah. Well, I know you said that you basically started golfing when you were three, but when was the first time you played in a tournament? Um, so yeah, my first tournament, I, I grew up in Southern California. Um, so obviously golf, you start golfing younger down there than you would in the Pacific Northwest, but in Southern California, I played my first tournament when I was five years old. Uh, there was a junior golf tour called the U S kids junior tour. Um, it's still, still popular today, but when you were, it's really meant for kind of the younger ages, like ages five to 12. Um, so my first nine hole tournament, um, my mom caddied for me actually. And I think I shot like 48 or something. And that was kind of my first experience with all competitive golf. That is crazy. I cannot imagine like myself at five playing in a tournament. Like, I don't know. My brain just wouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't imagine it either, to be honest with you. I was so nervous. I still, I still remember it. And we still have pictures. Like we have photo books from that kind of time period. And, uh, my first tournament with mom on the bag. And then, um, I was so nervous on the first tee. She, I've, I've been, I've been reminded many times of <laughs> that first kind of experience with tournament golf. Wow. So you've been playing in tournaments for a very long time. Yeah, I guess it's, yeah, it's been 10 years or 11 years now. It's kind of crazy to think yeah, about crazy. that. Well, you said that you grew up in California and the climate is definitely different in California than Washington. So are the courses really different as well? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think uh, in SoCal, um, a lot firmer conditions were in the Northwest or even like the Seattle area, um, a lot wetter. Um, greens are a little bit different, uh, a lot softer. It's, it's just a different type of golf, um, which I like. I like both types. I like playing. I like just new experiences. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I would say Southern California, the only place that it's got Seattle beat is with the weather, but I think golf courses are super equal and you can always find a good golf course anywhere in the country. And with tournaments, do you travel outside of the state a lot? I do. Yeah. So I'm actually headed to Arizona next week, but, um, there's a, there's a national junior golf tour called the American junior golf association. And, um, they do a really good job with their events. Um, and they, they're, they're around the nation. So I like to travel at least, two or three times, try to get it to see a new part of the country. I think it's really cool, especially at a young age, being blessed to be able to see new parts of the country and kind of um, see different cultures. Uh, like for example, last year we were in Nashville, my mom and I, and I mean, I had the best barbecue I've ever had in my life. And it's something that I couldn't really experience here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's really, it's more than golf. I bet that sounds amazing. And because you grew up in California, you know how to play that those types of courses. And you've also played a lot in Washington. I bet that helps you when you are traveling, playing in other states, because you kind of know how to play in different climates. Of course, of course. Yeah, there's um, golf. is It's so interesting because there's so many different courses. It's not like a sport like basketball where you're playing on the same the same mm-hmm. court, same dimensions every time. Um like in golf, there's like different grasses, there's different, um, conditions, different wind directions. There's so many different factors that kind of go into it. So being able to kind of, uh, be versatile, uh, when it comes to the golf courses you play and the shots that you can hit is super important, especially when you're playing in different parts of the country. Definitely. Do you have a favorite golf course? Oh, that's a great question. I'm, I'll keep it in the Northwest. My favorite course in the Northwest is probably Wine Valley. It's over in Walla Walla. 
it's a great spot. Um, always has great views and great weather. Um, and my favorite part of that place is the greens. They roll really fast and they're really true. Um, so it's always a fun when we can get over to Walla Walla and play as a family. Oh, wow. Okay. I've never, I've never actually heard of that course. Um, yeah, it's right in the middle of wine country. It's kind of a cool spot. Wow. I'll have to recommend that one to my dad. Maybe he's played it, but he, he actually just got back from a golf trip and I'm pretty sure he just played Gamble Sands. Oh, very cool. Yeah. That's over in Brewster. That's Eastern Washington as well. Or kind Mm -hmm. of central to Eastern Washington. I love Gamble Sands. It's a cool spot. Yeah. And I've also heard like a lot of people like the Sankadia courses, but I haven't heard about the one you mentioned. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like Sankadia a lot. It's, it's, you get your bang for your buck out there. It's really cool. And it's, it's pretty close to the Seattle area, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. This is awesome. Yeah. So what is your handicap? Um, at the moment I'm at a plus 4.2 handicap, which kind of means that every time I go out and play, um, I should probably shoot about four under par for 18 whole rounds. So the handicap system is really cool because it, especially when I'm playing with my high school buddies that maybe don't have like uh, the same handicaps, we can always have like a fair game. Uh, so I have to give them a certain amount of shots for every round we play and it keeps it really competitive and fun. That's the kind of the whole point of the handicap system. Well, I, from my knowledge, I think that's a pretty good handicap. I saw somewhere the average for like boys is like 16. So four sounds pretty good. But could you explain the handicap system? Like my dad's trying to explain it, but honestly, I'm still kind of confused. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's, a, it's a really cool. The USGA, the United States Golf Association, um, they have this system where um, players can, based on their skill levels, you get assessed a handicap based on the rounds and what you can shoot. Um, and it's really meant for going out with your buddies and keeping it competitive. Um, so you can have, you can have a certain kind of guideline baseline for the scores you shoot. So for example, if I'm a plus four handicap and I'm playing with somebody who's a six handicap, I would have to give them 10 shots for the 18 hole round, just because of the kind of the dispersion from plus four to six. And it's a little bit confusing because when you say plus four, you would automatically think like four. But in, in golf terms and handicap terms, plus four really means negative four, um, which is kind of confusing, I know. But so I'd be a negative four or plus four handicap and my buddy would be a six. So that'd be 10 shots for kind of the round. Um, and it, it just it's meant to level the playing field. That's the whole point of the handicap system. OK, OK. I think I understand that a bit better. Thanks for explaining that. Yeah, of course. When did you get your first set of like custom clubs? Um, so I still remember, we still have them in the garage. Actually, I got, uh, Callaway apex irons, um, is what they're called. And I was, I think I was 12 years old. That was the first time I ever got fit for clubs. Um, I was just playing hand-me-downs until I was about 10 or 11. Uh, but I, I kind of figured out that golf was kind of for me at 12 years old. So I, I got like a, I got a new set of irons for my birthday. Um, that was kind of, that was the first step in kind of the right direction, I think. What area of your game do you work on the most? That's a great question. Um, I'd say at the moment I'm working on putting the most. That was kind of my big quarantine slash kind of like winter off-season goal was to improve my putting. Usually it hasn't been the strongest part of my game, but with this new putter in the bag from a couple months ago, I really made it kind of my my job and my mission to kind of uh, uh, improve my putting this off-season. But I'd say uh, I work on putting a lot. I really like to chip. Um, I'd say my bunker game is probably one of the strongest parts of my game. 
Um, I really like to just have fun, mess around, uh, chipping, play some games. Um, I, I say when I, when I practice though, when I work, I work the hardest with my putting, but I just like to have fun and make it enjoyable. You don't want to be grinding out there forever because it just doesn't become fun at that point when you get to that point. Totally. Well, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Something that blows my mind is how professionals and those who take golf seriously can read the green so well. It's like, how? It, it seems so impossible to me, but do you have any tips on improving, like how to read the greens and improve putting? Yeah, well, I struggle reading greens all the time too. I'm right there with you. Um, but I'd say my, my biggest tip is to kind of see a 360 degree of the putt you're trying to read. So I try to go, I go behind the hole one direction on the high side usually, mm-hmm. and then back on the low side, um, trying to see like the whole 360 panorama of the putt you have and then getting low to the ground, I think is important. A lot of people try to read putts once standing up and it's really not that easy. I think when you can get low to the ground, kind of see the slopes, I think it's, it's super helpful. At least that's what I tried. It doesn't always work, but, um, I'd say the average golfer struggles putting because they can't read greens. Like you just said. So being able to read greens is super important and just even like practicing it, uh, when you're putting is super important. Yeah, that's so interesting. This is probably fresh in your mind since you just got back from a tournament, but what is your warm-up routine like the day of a tournament? Um, so I'm actually, a lot, of, a lot of kids are different. I'd say in today's kind of day and age, most kids like to take longer to warm up. I'm really not on that side. Uh, I don't, I mean, when I go out with my buddies, we never warm up. We kind of just, uh, just go up to the first team and play. So I kind of yeah. try to keep that relaxed kind of sense of feeling. So I probably show up about 45 minutes early to an hour but for a little bit, hit balls, just get loose. A lot of kids also try to work on stuff when they're warming up. I'm not a big believer in that. I think you should do all your preparation before you get to the tournament. Um, and just trying to warm up, trust what you have in your, what, what, what you have that day and play with it. I mean, you can't be making changes out on the golf course. I just try to keep it as simple as possible, really, when I'm warming up. Mm-hmm. So I always bring my dad up a lot in um, golf episodes just because he's the person closest to me who golfs. And he's always like, oh, I'm working on a new swing. So do you ever, like, change up your swing? Is that something that you do frequently? Uh, yeah, I like to fidget here and there. Um, I kind of – I think when people say swing change, everybody thinks it's a big, big change. Mm-hmm. I, I like to fidget. I think everybody has their, their base of what they, what they can bring to the table every single round. Um, and you obviously try to improve on that little by little. So I, but I do most of my work in the off season in the winter months, trying to get uh, ready for the next season. But once I get into the middle of competition in the summer, nothing really changes. Or I try to have nothing change. It's not as easy as it sounds, but mm-hmm. um, I, most of my work is done in the off season for sure. And do you have like a golf coach that you meet with frequently, like throughout the week? Um, so I obviously have my high school coach. Um, we don't really do any like fundamental stuff. He's obviously there for practices and stuff. But my main actual individual golf coach is down in Portland, actually. His name is David Liebeck. Um, and he went to college with my dad. So it was kind of a, it was kind of a cool situation that I got put into. And okay. I've been going to him for about two years now and, uh, we really click, really get along. Uh, we have a really unique relationship. Um, and he kind of gives it to me straight, which is what I like. So do you have to drive down to Portland every time you meet with him? Yeah. Um, I don't really go down. I probably try to go down three, four times a year. Um, 
I, I, I really try to only go, I can do most of my stuff at home with my dad. Mm-hmm. And I obviously text David here and there if I have any questions, but I'd say three to four times a year, I make the drive down and uh, we get a few, like we get a good weekend in of sessions and uh, try to improve uh, for the, for the upcoming tournaments and events. Yeah. Well, it's nice that your dad has played golf and has that knowledge that he can pass on to you. Of course. I wouldn't be here without my dad for sure. I think I didn't, for a while there, I didn't really have a main golf coach. It would have just been my dad for about, uh, until about two, three years ago, I had some guys at our home course that I went to every once in a while, but my dad was my main, um, main helper. And then I gave, I, he gave the reins to David and I've been with David ever since. And he's been my main guy. That's cool. So what has been your best round that you have played? Um, my best round ever, uh, was last year. I shot a 62 at my home course, 10 under par. Um, that was a crazy day. Um, I really had it going with everything in my bag and, uh, it was cool because my dad, my dad and I were playing together and we just, and from the first, first tee shot, it was like, Oh wow. Today felt different. Um, so it was, it was a really cool day. Got, went out and celebrated that night. Was, so I don't know if 62 will be beaten anytime soon, but I can always hope, I guess. That's crazy. So what was different about that day? Do you think it was just like, it just happened to be a good day or was something just different? Yeah, that's, that's our sport to be honest. And golf, it's just, sometimes it's your day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really no way to explain it. I think it's crazy. Cause I, I shot 62 and I went out and played the next day and I shot uh, 68 and I felt like I played just as good. It was just, it was crazy how that works. Uh, but when you really get it going, putts start to fall and shots that you think you didn't hit great end up being like really, really good. Um, so it's just, when it's your day, it's your day. That's kind of how our sport kind of works. So with golf, you hear a lot of like the mental game and I think the mental aspect is like such a big component of golf. So could you talk a little bit about the mental game? Of course. Yeah, I'd say uh, you're right. The mental part of the game is it's it's like at least 75 percent of it. There's obviously 25 percent physical, but I think being mentally strong is the biggest asset you can have when you play the game. And that's just not in golf. That's in life as well. Um, so I can take a lot of life lessons from playing golf. But um, when, when I go out, it's, it's about being mentally prepared for the situation. Like for today, example, uh, as an example, like it was dumping rain, blowing like 20 mm-hmm. miles per hour. That's obviously why we made the cancel. But I was mentally ready to go. Like I, 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 st- I stuck it out and I was like, this is my day. I'm going to battle through the elements kind of. And that's what it's just meant being mentally strong and almost lying to yourself almost mm-hmm. um, just so you can uh, kind of power through in any situation. Like even if like if you have a good round going, I think it's harder to stay mentally strong because then you start thinking about it almost. Oh, um, you thinking about you think about your good round um, and you don't want to mess it up. It's almost like trying not to lose. And that's that's a mentality I've had to work on for the last few years. Um, it's just like keeping your pedal to the metal. Um, I think it's super important. Uh, not just in golf, but in life too. Like when, when you're, when you're going great, work even harder kind of a deal. And, and when you're going bad, work even work hard to get out of your hole. It's, it's just about working hard and staying mentally strong for sure. Yeah. Sports are so much more than just the physical aspect. And it's can teach you a lot of lessons that can help you in life. And it can really help build your character, which I think is something that's super great about sports. 
Yeah, I think I think uh, you said that perfectly. I think uh, all sports, there's obviously a mental component to it, and being sh- mentally stronger than the person you're going against is a huge asset, and that'll be with you forever. And it helps with more than just sports; it helps with life in general. For sure. So you're a sophomore, correct? Correct. And are you starting the recruitment process soon or what is that looking like for you? Yeah, it's a good question actually. So our, as a sophomore right now, the kind of the recruitment opens up, uh, June 15th at the end of my sophomore year. Um, but I kind of have a good idea, uh, of where I want to go. Um, and I have a few schools that I have that have my attention. I hope they have, uh, hope they have their eyes on me too, but, um, it, it it's, it's recruiting is such a, it's, it's so interesting. Like I have a good buddy that just committed to play golf at Duke and it was like recruiting with COVID right now. It was just struggle just because you're not allowed to have visits and yeah. um, coaches aren't allowed to come out and watch you play, which is in golf. Golf recruiting is about co- coaches coming out and watching you play. It's not like basketball or football where there's film and mm-hmm. stuff. There's obviously like swing videos and stuff like that, but coaches, like to watch you when it's when it's more hands on eyes on when they can see you in the moment under the under the pressure. So last year there was no coaches at any events, and that's actually going to be extended until I think April now with the dead period because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But my my recruiting process will start June fifteenth in my sophomore year at the end of my sophomore year. Well, how are they making adjustments now, and how are you guys getting coaches to watch you and to recruit you guys? Like how is it? changed yeah i think coaches have uh, they've had to work a lot harder which i I don't know if they enjoy that but it's it's there's a lot more emails being sent um but they obviously have their own teams at the moment that they have to worry about being they're right in the middle of the spring season at the moment um so during this kind of time um especially like march april most coaches are in the middle of their seasons they're not really going out to many junior events Recruiting really ramps up in the summertime um, when schools are obviously off, but that's when most of our junior golf events are there in the summer. Um, but I, I think a lot more emails are being sent. Um, it, it, recruiting has to be done digitally right now. I mean, and that's kind of most of our world has to be done digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's keeping, it's a lot from a, from our point of view as a junior golfer, it's about being persistent uh, making sure your name is out there kind of on their big board um, and trying to, especially since tournament season coming around, it's putting your name on top of leaderboards and shooting good scores. That's kind of what it's about. Mm-hmm. Well, what you're just explaining is so interesting to me because you're right. Like with football, there's huddle and you can put your, like a bunch of, of your highlights together. But for golf, like if you have a nice swing, yeah, cool. Maybe you get attention to some people, but you really have to have those people out there watching you play. And it's not like you can put your whole tournament on tape for colleges to see, you know? No, a hundred percent. It's more in, in golf, especially uh, there's so many ways to get the ball in the hole. And my dad always uses that, but um, everybody plays the game differently. There's not one person that plays the same as the person next to them. Um, so it's about, it's in the end of the day, it's about how many times, how many shots you take before the final putt drops on 18. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's so many different ways to get there. Um, and some coaches like different ways, you know, some coaches like bombers, guys that can hit it far off the tee and some other coaches like finesse and guys who can get, who are really good putters. It's everybody's different. 
Yeah, so true. Well, good luck with that recruitment process with that starting up soon. I'm sure it's got to be kind of stressful, especially with COVID. So good luck with that. Yeah, thank you. And let's just close it off with one last question. And, and that is, what advice do you have for young golfers? Um, I'd say the biggest advice is love the game first. You know, it's enjoy going out every day. I feel like, especially I have a few friends that they've, when I played with them when they're younger and they're kind of burnt out now is they didn't love it from an early age. And mm-hmm. I think if you really want to play it competitively or even just for fun, it needs to be fun first, especially at a young age. Um, and I'd say finding, finding a set of clubs that fits you. I see too many kids out there right now with clubs that are too long for them, too heavy for them. And that's just not enjoyable um, when you're struggling to hit the ball. But if you really like, if you really like the game, I think you got to put the time in and you just got to have fun with it. It's so much more, it's not, it's more than golf. It's about having fun and building relationships through the sport. So true. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your Sunday evening to talk with me. And do you want to just shout out your Instagram real quick? Yeah. My Instagram is Max Herendine. Um, uh, I got nothing else really going on. That's my only social media platform. But uh, thank you for having me. It was a blast to talk. Of course. And have a great week. And thank you to everyone listening. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of On The Line. I upload new episodes every Sunday at 12. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, and follow On The Line on Instagram. And all those links will be in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you.